and the end of a year, we usually take time to reflect. Mel and I sit down and we, we look at what's happened over the previous year, any major things that have happened, things we want to praise God for. And what we do at the beginning of every year is we set out a bunch of kind of dreams, goals, things we'd like to achieve in the coming year. And then at the end of every year, we review it. So this year, we reviewed 2013's kind of things we'd like to do, things we'd like to see happen. And we set some more for our coming year, 2014, what we'd like to do as a family. They can be kind of personal to us as individuals or what, what, what family things we want to do. And last year, we reflected back and we looked at things like uh, we wanted to buy a house here in Sutton Coldfield. We were renting and in April 2013, we exchanged on a property we're now living in. So we bought a home. So that was a big plus for us, something we've been working towards, praying towards for a while. Our eldest, we want to get him settled in a nursery. He was coming up to that age uh, to go to nursery. And we kind of prayed about that. And praise God, in September, he started a nursery school. He absolutely loves it. Um, they love him there, which is always a good thing. And so that's going well. So we, there was a lots of things to praise God about. But we also set some stuff for this coming year. What, what are we going to do? What we'd like to see happen? Things we'd like to do for our eldest, Levi. He's um, going to be starting school this year in September. Um, so it's, um, it's a big year for that um, as well. So we, kind of, we put plans here. And what I'd love to do today is to look at us as a church. I want to reflect briefly on 2013, some things that have happened, things that we've done, but I also want to remind us of where we're going as a church and look at um, some things I want to see achieved this year that we want to work towards. So a little bit of a recap from last year, um, some of the things we did. We did a whole bunch of events a whole bunch of events that were phenomenally successful. We had a great time at Easter, which feels like a long time ago, 2013. We had the Easter egg hunt, we had the bun parties, um, and we had our Easter Sunday kind of uh, meeting. The Easter egg hunt, I've forgotten how many eggs were involved in that, but there were hundreds that we hid in Sutton Park, and we invited our friends, um, small children and big children, and we unleashed them on the park, and there was vast amounts of chocolate. That was a great time. We had the bun parties in home on Good Friday. We served hot cross buns and fruit juice and just hung out together, which was brilliant. And then the Sunday, uh, Easter Sunday uh, kind of meeting. We had the Catalyst Festival we went for the first time. There were 3,000 gathered in the agricultural stone, uh, showground in Stoneley. We took 50 from this church, went there and camped over the bank holiday weekend. And if you were there, I hope you had a fantastic time. I thought it was an absolutely fabulous event. The weather was wonderful except for the final day, but most of the time the weather was wonderful. We camped with two small children and survived. Uh, it can be done. Um, we had an excellent time there. Then the week after that we did the fun run, Great Midlands Fun Run here in Sutton Copa, which basically just runs right past where we meet. We didn't meet here. We went and got involved in that. Twenty of us ran. If you're one of those runners, well done. Uh, we raised £1,000 for a local charity. Home start, which I thought was fantastic, and a bunch more from the church came and cheered us on. And then in the afternoon, we all had a barbecue uh, around Paul and Catherine's where the runners recovered and we just enjoyed um, a great day. Uh, we did church in the garden through some, uh, the summertime. We met in homes rather than here and had the opportunity to kind of have slightly more intimate gatherings, and others had a go at leading things. As we ran through the rest of the year, we had the superhero party over Halloween. We've got about 40 kids in this room having a whale of a time, bouncy castles and the like. Then as we ran up to Christmas, we had messy Christmas. We did uh, Christmas at Costa, the acoustic night. Then we had our Christmas Sunday morning, morning meeting in here, um, Muppet Christmas Carol, and we had um, uh, our highest ever turnout on a Sunday here. Uh, there's just about, about 70 of us 
um, which was huge for us in our kind of our journey in what God's doing to us. So that was absolutely fantastic what God has been doing. In the church, we've had uh, four babies last year. Anna, Sophie, Joy and Zachary born to us. So we're organically growing, which is fantastic. And with that, we've had um, a bunch of people move to join, to be part of the church. The wages of Tromers of the Brewers have moved to St. Coalfield to be part of the church. We did that last year. Thrilled for you guys and coming and getting involved with us. Plus, we also had, I, I worked out... We had six house purchases, I think, last year. Six people brought houses as part of the church, which for me is a great sign of people settling and wanting to build something bigger here. And I, I think, I hope my math is right on that one, but that was fantastic. Uh, that's all that God's doing amongst us. Plus, we've had people come and join us. We've, we say goodbye to some people. We sent them overseas. <laughs> they left to other nations. Uh, Target and Betting went to Australia. Uh, with people down to South Africa. And um, uh, Lauren's over in Prague. Um, serving God out there. So we've had a, a fantastic year. And if um, you get time to reflect at the beginning of 2014, please take time to thank God for what he has done in your life, what he's doing in the church. It is awesome when you kind of start to actually write it all out and see it. Now, where we're going this year, just want to remind us a couple of things. First one is our purpose over here. We put them up on the banners, hopefully, so you read them every weekend. I'll remind them. And if I turn the banners around, you'll be able to just tell me what they say because that's, that's kind of the idea. But I won't get you to do that uh, today. Our purpose, we believe real life is having a relationship with Jesus. It's all about Jesus. So when I talk about these things today and where we're going, we've always got to remember it comes back to Jesus. He's the one it's all about. And we believe real life is having a relationship with him. That's the most fundamental thing for us as believers, a relationship with Jesus. It's what we want to offer to everyone we meet, the world around us. Do you want to get to know Jesus? That's the bottom line. It's not, do you want to join a club, a holy club? Do you want to follow these rules to make yourself a better person? No. We want to get people to get to know Jesus. As a result of people getting to know Jesus, their lives are transformed. They're changed from the inside out, which will affect behaviour and character. It will affect how they act, the decisions they make. And so, therefore, we follow his models as, as reformed believers. And then through that, then we actually affect the world around us. And that's the aim of it. That's, what we want to do. that's where we're going as a church. We want people to get to know Jesus, and we want to be people who, who having a relationship with Jesus, affect the world around us and have an impact on that. And where we're going, kind of what we feel God has called us to as a church, our kind of the vision, the direction we're setting ourselves, is to be a large, influential, reproducing church. That's what we feel God's called, called us to. It's, it's way beyond us. <laughs> Just look around. We're not there yet. Um, but when we started, there was a few of us sitting in my front room. And so God has moved us on um, to where we are today. But I want to just briefly look at that. First of all, God has called us to be a large church. I believe God, want, God wants real life church to be a large church. The reason I believe that, foundationally, is what it says in the Bible. God made the heavens and the earth. He made Adam and Eve. He put them in the garden. And what did he ask Adam and Eve to do? He said, multiply, grow numerically, fill the earth and subdue it. So even, even what he said to Adam and Eve at the beginning was, fill the earth, make more of you. God wants a people for himself and he wants that people to be large. He wants a lot of them. And that's what he said to Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve. You can get the fall, everything gets broken. <clears throat> God then comes from a man named Abraham. This is Abraham in Genesis 12. You, I'm going to use to bless the whole wide world. Through your offspring, I'm going to bless everybody. He later says to Abraham, he says, look at the stars in the sky, that's what your offspring are going to be like. That many. Who can count them? 
Then we have Abraham has a son, Isaac. Isaac has a son, Jacob. Jacob has 12 sons. They go down into Egypt. Uh, they multiply into a nation. They are then caught into slavery by Pharaoh. That's kind of the book of Genesis. Beginning of Exodus, the, the nation of Israel numbering up to estimates up to a million people now. God sends Moses, let my people go. Pharaoh says, no, we have the plagues, we have the exodus, we have that kind of whole thing. So the nation of Israel come out. So you have actually, now you have gone from one man to a nation. Under Joshua, they take the promised land. We have the times of the judges, the times of the kings. The nation of Israel is established. It comes to kind of its highest point under David and Solomon as this great nation um, of, who, of people who God has for himself. You are my people, he says. <clears throat> but then when we listen to the prophets, we realise actually it's, it's not to terminate on itself. God said, actually, I want this to be wider. We read in Isaiah 49, it says, you will be a light to the Gentiles. You will be a light to the other nations. It says in Isaiah 2 that the the mountain of the house of the Lord will become chief among all the other mountains and the nations will come to it. The nations will flow to it. The nations will stream to it. So God's heart has always been not to have just one people, one ethnic group for himself. Actually, it's to affect everybody. To affect everyone. That's the, the prophetic promises. Jesus comes. Jesus comes, he proclaims the kingdom of God is now. That one that was sort of outlined in the Old Testament, prophesied by all those prophets, it's coming, it's here. He inaugurates it. He brings it in. He dies on a cross. He rises from death. He breaks the power. And they said, right, the kingdom has come. Jesus then gets his followers together. And what does he say to them? He says, go into all the nations and declare what I've taught you. Baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and I'm going to be with you. So Jesus commissions his words. He says, go out, go out and tell everyone. We read through the book of Acts. You get the bits in Acts chapter 2. The Spirit falls at Pentecost. Peter preached 3,000 saved. Wow, the church has just grown by a lot in one go. We read the end of Acts chapter 2. It talks about they were being added to daily. We go through the book of Acts. It talks about the church multiplying and growing. Even in the face of persecution, it continues to grow and multiply. We get the bit at the end of... um, this thing is in Acts 13 and 14 where it's Paul and Barnabas get sent out by the church and I'm uh, looking at my list of where they go and plant churches. They go all over the place um, planting churches again and again and again um, multiplying the gospel. We, get, we read at Galatians and we find out actually that promise given to Abraham if by faith you have faith in Christ you're, you're an inheritor, you're an heir to that promise. So that means the promise given to Abraham, those stars in the skies, we look at it and say, hey, one of those stars was us. Because that's the promise he gave Abraham. And then we go to Revelation at the end of the book, and John stands there and says, there was a multitude before the throne that couldn't be numbered from every tribe, nation and tongue, worshipping Jesus. God wants a people for himself, and he wants a lot of them. And he wants them from all the nations of the world, which includes our one. And my kind of, my reflection on that verse has always been, if you can number them, there's not enough. Because John said they couldn't be numbered. So if you can count the believers, there's probably a few more that can be added in. And so I believe God calls us to be a large church, to grow numerically with lives transformed, because people have met Jesus. The second thing is um, God wants us to be an influential church. We look... um, through the Bible, we look at characters that men and women that God has used, and He has used men and women to influence the society, the culture around them for His glory. We look at men and women like Joseph, who became the Prime Minister of Egypt from, a, from the prison to the palace in a very short space of time. God used him 
to save that nation and the nation as well through the distribution of food. God gave him a pharaoh dreams. He interpreted him. He influenced um, the, the, kind of the, the superpower of the day, Egypt, to save people's lives. We have Daniel in Babylon that we preached about um, just before the summer as a man in a pagan kind of culture, pagan empire, being used continually by God, even in threat of his own life um, at certain points. But he was faithful and he was used to God and a pagan king ended up praising his God at the end, actually giving praise to the God of Daniel. We talk about see Queen Esther in the book of Esther, who God used again in, in, a, in a foreign nation to, to save, save God's people, save the Jews. They were using Nehemiah, the cupbearer in Persia. God used him within that government to rebuild the temple in Jerusalem, rebuild the walls, establish the city after it had been destroyed. They all held positions in ungodly kind of power structures, but God used them. Jesus said to his followers, you're going to be the salt of the earth and the light of the world, didn't he? He said, that, 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 that's what you're going to be, salt and light. And so he said, want you to go out there and be influential. Salt on food, it prevents decay, it brings out flavour. You know when you put salt on your chips, they taste better. And he says, you want to be like that? Go and be salt and be a light that shines. It can't be hidden. When a light is in a dark room, it just it doesn't have to do anything. It just casts light everywhere. And we're to be like that as a church. Wherever we find ourselves, whatever job you have, whatever vocation God has called you to, wherever you walk, at home, at work, at play, God has called you there to be influential for his kingdom. To be... To, to be the model of Christ in that place and to affect change. One of the key verses for us as a church, kind of as we were establishing one that God spoke to me about, was from the book of Jeremiah, uh, chapter 29. I'll read it to you. This is what God said. Now, God is speaking to the exiles here, the exiles from Jerusalem that are now in a foreign city, a pagan city in Babylon. And he says to them, Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, to all the exiles from whom I've sent into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. It says, build houses and live in them. Plant gardens and eat their produce. Take wives and have sons and daughters. Take wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage, that they may bear sons and daughters. Multiply there, do not decrease, but seek the welfare of the city where I've sent you into exiles and pray to the Lord on its behalf, for in its welfare you will find your welfare. I felt very strongly that was a message for us, the church, that as we moved here to plant Real Life Church, to start it, that actually we would take that call seriously to live in the city that we're a part of, but seek its good, be good here. What it talks about there, it talks about building houses and living in them, which is why I'm thrilled that so many people are buying houses, that we've moved from being renters to actually being homeowners in this city, that actually we're building here, we're staying here for the long term, we're going to put down roots and we're going to see... God's church built in this place through us. It says, have wives. Uh, oh, sorry, it says, take wives and have sons and daughters. Our youngest son was born here. So we're kind of, I'm thinking, yes, tick, done that one. It says, take wives for your sons. I'm going to give that a little while till they grow up. Um, <laughs> and then it says, plant gardens and eat their produce. It's basically work there, give to the city, produce something for the city. If you're, you're working, you're giving, you're doing that, you're part of the economy and the life of the city. We seek to be a blessing. And my heart is as a church that we would seek to be a blessing to this city. Whatever sphere we find ourselves in individually, how we work corporately as a kind of a, as a body, as an identity, that we will be good and seek good um, for this city and serve it. And through that, be influential for God's kingdom. God's kingdom. Okay, the last one there, reproducing. Reproducing. 
that we would be a church. We don't want to be a church that terminates in on itself. We don't want to be people just to gather a crowd and let's just get a big number and isn't it cool and we become this holy club. We want to reproduce ourselves as a church. It starts kind of on an individual level. We want to see people saved. We want to see people become Christians. We want people meet Jesus for themselves. But even as a larger body, we want to actually plant other churches. We were sent here to plant a church, to start a church. My heart is that one day we will be sending out teams to plant churches, who knows where, in the locality, in the city. There's plenty of room for more churches in this area. And that is my heart, that we'll do that. And we see that in the Bible, we see that in uh, the book of Acts. I found that list here, where um, in between Acts 13 and Acts 14, Paul and Barnabas go to Cyprus, Perga, Antioch in Pisidia, Iconium, Lystra and Derbe, and then retrace their steps back in, planting churches in every place. Starting churches, that's what they did. They came, they preached the gospel, people got saved, they planted the church, they moved on. Then they went back and they strengthened those churches. And what God has spoken to us about, the, um, the official plant of real life church is a strawberry plant. Um, because God spoke to myself uh, and my wife Melly on three separate occasions. People came up to us and said, I, I feel God wants me to tell you about being like a strawberry plant. And you're a bit like, really? What's a strawberry plant? You know, they're all right. It's nice and jam and on scones and stuff. But apparently a strawberry plant, the way they work is you plant one of them and it grows and it produces fruit, which is nice. But then what it does is it, it, it sends out what they call a runner which is like a stem, a shoot, that just grows along the ground, trails along the earth. That, that runner then goes into the earth, kind of burrows down, and becomes a plant of itself. So effectively, the one strawberry plant now becomes two strawberry plants. And then the second one kind of grows, produces fruit. And then after time, the runner sort of shrivels up, or stops. So what was one is now two. And, and so on and so on. And wild, wild strawberries can be kind of manic like that. They just grow and multiply and multiply. And you kind of, if you try and dig them up, they're all kind of connected because there's runners that were here and do that. And I felt God has told us as a church to be like that. So I don't know what that means right now, I'll be honest. But I want to keep telling you because when it comes, I don't want anyone to be surprised. <laughs> I would say, actually, we're going to plant more churches. We're going to be a church planting church. So we're going to send out teams, this nation, nations beyond, uh, it might be small groups, it might be larger groups to plant more churches and see more people come and know Jesus. So that's kind of where we're going. So God has called us to be a large, influential, reproducing church. Now, now that's all very kind of big and out there and kind of where we're going, but I want to sort of boil it down to something we can do practically now. Um, what, we've, um, what I want to show you today is, our, is a 12-step program which we're going to do this year what my heart is I want to pray into and work towards this year. Twelve steps because you have twelve steps for recovery. Someone said, I was speaking to you earlier, said, what, what are we recovering from? The excesses of Christmas, which is probably a good thing for us to all recover on, get that fitness going. I went for a run last night, first one in many weeks. Oh, it was horrible. And it wasn't even a long run. It was really short and it was just horrible. So I realised I need to do some work in that area. But what we've got is a 12-step programme for us, one for each month of the year. It won't work out like that, but this is what um, I'd love us to kind of get behind and, and get going and doing uh, this year. So, number one. Has that been following me? Look at that. It's been following me along. All right. Number one. Pray together monthly. Can you pick out the, this card? It should be on your chair. Could you pick it up and hold on to it? Could you not let go of it now, ever? <laughs> put it in a diary, put it in your wallet, put it in your Bible, whatever it means. Get it home, stick it on the fridge. We, have start, we started praying in the uh, beginning of last term. Um, felt God speak to us to build into the life of the church monthly prayer meetings. 
uh, where we gather together, we cancel our life groups for the week, we gather together in one place uh, and we pray. And we've been starting doing that. It's been fantastic. And we're just praying, seeking the Lord, praying about things that are going on in the church, asking him to speak to us about anything else. And as I was kind of thinking about these prayer meetings, the kind of the image that came to mind was the image of an engine room or a boiler room. If you see the kind of the old... Uh, sort of films, you have like a ship or something and the power of the ship to move it, to drive the engines, to drive the turbines or the wheels or whatever is this big boiler room where they're shoveling in coal and there are kind of men there all covered in soot and sweat chucking in more coal and it's red hot but through that kind of power drives the ship forward and makes it go and makes it kind of facing the headwinds and across the waves. And our prayer meeting is the boiler room of the church. It's the engine room. It's where things happen. Because we're meant to be a people of prayer. Christ modelled it. He said he went and withdrew to lonely places to pray. The early church modelled it. I talked about this at the beginning of last time, about the importance of prayer. I want to build it into the life of the church. Yes, we should be individuals who pray. For sure, that's our kind of our life our own relationship to Jesus, but there should be a corporate expression of that. And these meetings are the boiler and the engine room of the church. And that's why we said we'll cancel the other meetings that week so you can get to the prayer meeting, come along, we worship and pray and seek God together. And so I'm asking you at the beginning of the year, please, please, please put these dates in your diary. They're all handily on there. They're on our website as well. Put them in your diary. Get them down. Make a priority of getting there. Please, please, please do not see it as the cheeky week off. You know what it's like. You get to Wednesday, you're over, what's it, three-fifths of the way through your working week. It's tired, it's dark, it's cold. Do I go out to the prayer meeting? We've all been there, and I lead them, you know. And so we've all been there. I'm thinking, do I have to? Yes. It's a play. Make a priority. Come along. God does incredible things. I've never been disappointed going. Sometimes it's been, you know, I've got to get there. But it's always been a fantastic time. So please, dates in the diary. First one's what, a couple of weeks. Um, okay, next, number two. Uh, we wanna, we're going to read and study the Gospel of John together. This Starting next week, we're going to basically take a year, probably just over, we're going to go through the entire of John's Gospel. We're going to preach through the whole lot. There'll be breaks here and there for other bits and pieces. But on the whole, we're going to look at the, John's Gospel from start to finish. The, the sermon series is titled, Who is This Man? Which is kind of sums up the... The, the, the purpose of why John wrote it, if you go to chapter 20, sort of verse 30, something, 32, it talks about why John wrote his gospel. <laughs> this is why, so people would know that Jesus Christ was the Son of God. And so it answers this question, all the who is this man? So we're going to preach through it all, we're going to study it together as a church. I hope you take the opportunity to study it on your own, just reading through it yourself, asking questions. We're going to put some questions out, hopefully in life group for you to talk about it, talk about it kind of one-to-one. Uh, we use it to disciple one another, grow one another in our relationship with Jesus. So very much our focus is going to be on the person of Christ um, this year through um, the Gospel of John and what John had to say about him. So I'm really excited to start that next week and get that going. So if you want to get a, a head start, start reading a bit of John this week, ready for our, our kick-off next Sunday. Uh, number three, we're going to invite a prophet to come and visit us. Um, Julian Adams is a friend of ours um, at the church. Many of you will know him. Part of the reason I'm here in Sutton Coalfield with my family is because God has used men like him to speak to us 
uh, speak to me uh, and kind of shape my life. We have a prophetic gifting in the church, particularly mentally. My wife functions in that way hugely, but actually it's good to have outside input every so often because they bring a fresh perspective and they have, bring no knowledge of our, our situation. So I've invited uh, Julian to come. It's due in September. Uh, when I've got absolute confirmation on the day, I'll let you know. Um, and we're going to have him, we're going to spend a day with Mel and I, and then we'll do a meeting for the church. If you've never been around anyone who's got a great prophetic gifting like that, be there. <laughs> it's fantastic what God does in situations like that. Change your life. Uh, so that's coming. Um, that'll be a brilliant time. So when I, uh, the dates uh, get them out, please put those in your diary. Number four, we're going to do Easter and Christmas bigger and better. Um, they. They're key times in the church calendar. You celebrate the birth and the death and resurrection of Christ at those times. But they're also key times in our culture where people kind of celebrate and do things when there are holidays and things change in the shops, particularly what's there. Apparently, I read on Facebook the other day that there's Easter eggs already in the shop. Is that right? (laughs) Already? So people are gearing up for Easter already. Um, so we're looking towards Easter. We'll do it bigger and better. Um, we'll be doing, we want to do bun parties again, Easter egg hunt, probably more eggs this time than last time. We'll have our Sunday morning meeting. And as Christmas rolls around, we'll have a program. We want to do Christmas there. But they just seem to be key times. People seem open to come to church at those times of year uh, to almost ask spiritual questions. There's just a natural kind of thing in the air where we're talking about Easter and, and the subject of Christ comes up because they're so closely linked. Um, so we're going to celebrate these times well um, and we want to do them bigger and better. So that will be very much in our program. Uh, more news as the time approaches um, on both of them. Um, number five, we want to continue doing um, our, live mu- our live music nights. Um, Dave. Dave um, set up our one uh, Christmas at Costa just before Christmas. If you were there, it was fantastic. We had some of the musicians from the church and a couple of friends from outside the church who basically took over the local Costa just over here. Um, they played some brilliant sets, some great music. Uh, we just hung out, had um, coffee and cake from Costa, and uh, we had a really good time. We want to just keep doing that. It's just a, a great social event we do. The feedback um, we got from the staff at Costa was they loved us. <laughs> They were really appreciative. We were there. And they were taking pictures and, and videoing some of the guys on music. I don't know if they've gone viral yet or where those videos are, but the staff were doing that. The baristas are doing that uh, while we were there. So we want to continue the success of that. Dave's kind of holding the ball on that one. Um, so if you want to find out more, talk to him. But we want to just keep doing that as an opportunity uh, for us to just hang out and invite our friends um, and do, uh, have a good time together. Uh, number six, the Catalyst Festival. We want to do that... Um, again this year. The dates are out 27th and uh, 24th and 27th of May. There's actually another thing on your chair, isn't there? It looks like this. Pick this up. The Catalyst Festival. We're going again. I heard that there's already a couple of thousand booked in already and it's in May. Okay, so it's going to be huge again. Last time we had um, a fab time. 50 from the church went. I'd love to hit that number again. 50 men, women and children. Uh, who were part of it. Like what we did last year, just to help everyone out, is as a church, we paid for all the food and we paid for a couple of people to come and cook it all for us. So basically, you guys just had to turn up and eat. You had to put your tent up, but you, know, you had to just turn up and eat. And we want to do that again this year. So my encouragement to you is please get booked in. What I can tell you is we have pre-booked 20 places um, at the early price break which we've got holding for us as a church. And if you'd like to take those price, one of those, 
um, places. Come and talk to me. Um, cross my palm with silver and we can take them up. Otherwise, you can just book in direct. But we've, we've, we've allocated a number of uh, places at the old price break. So please get booked in. Get the kids booked in. If they're really small, they don't cost. Um, but it's going to be an absolutely excellent time, life-changing. A few days away, it's staggering what it did in the church. Just those few, a few days away, you do more community because you've actually got to be around each other 24 hours a day. Where some of you are like, really? Yeah, it's good for you. It's really good for you. You know, all the things in the Bible where it says about loving one another and forgiving one another. You really put that stuff into action when, <laughs> when it's early in the morning and you get about your 10 you know, We get to see you. So it'll be a wonderful time. Please make a priority of that. All the details are on the card here. It's going to be some great speakers coming, great worship time. If you've never been in a worship time with 3,000 people singing praises to Jesus, it's worth coming just for that, just for that experience of uh, singing praise to God in a big, big group. So we've got the Catalyst Festival. Uh, next one, the Great Midlands Fun Run. We're going to do it again. We're going to do it again. Look at that lovely lot up there. Thank you so much to the guys and girls who ran last year. I think there were about 20 of us, I couldn't find the exact number, um, who ran, walked, um, jogged the ra- around the course, and there are a lot more who came and cheered us all on. Um, and we want to do that again. I'd love to put another team in. Um, I'd love to get more than 20 to do it. You don't, you don't have to be a super ninja runner. They, they make a big thing saying it's not a race. You can just jog around it, walk around it. Some people do it in fancy dress. I think the fire brigade last year towed a fire engine around. The guys just pulled a fire engine around, which is pretty impressive. Um, it'll be a great fun day. We will not be meeting on a Sunday that Sunday because they close all the roads here um, and in the park, and so we just can't meet. So the best thing, if you can't beat them, join them. So we want to put a team in. So the, I don't think the, um, the registration's open yet, but if it, when it does open, you want to get involved, just sign up and let me know. Um, and uh, we'll do that together. Um, I'd love to do that. I'd love to raise money, again, for another charity. We did £1,000 last year. I'd love to beat that. And uh, we'll get the shirts made up, put our name on it, run round, have a great time. Um, so that's coming up, Great Midlands Fun Run. Getting training now. Um, number eight, um, Alpha. Alpha course. I want us to run an Alpha course this year. Alpha is something that we've been, um, I've been familiar with over years. Uh, came out of the church in London. It's now a national, international phenomenon. Many, many thousands, thousands of churches around the world running Alpha courses. We want to run one here. We're looking with Pennsylvania. We want to start one in September. Uh, probably run it in a home. Melanie is going to be heading that up. If you'd like to get involved, talk to her. But it's something to bear in mind and think and praying about that actually if you've got friends who you think are in a place where they're asking questions about Jesus, questions about Christianity, and Alpha course is an ideal opportunity to have food together and sit and discuss some of those questions. And I've been in Alpha, involved in Alpha courses for years and years and years, and I'm always amazed at what God does in people's lives in those. So Alpha is definitely much going to be on our radar. We're going to be praying into it, and hopefully come September we'll kind of coincide, dovetail with the national um, Alpha initiative they put on every year with all the billboards and stuff, and we'll get involved in that, and we'll run um, an Alpha course, which will be um, brilliant. So I'm excited about that. I'll be in prayer for that. Um, and be aware of who you've got in your world, in your sphere, who actually God is working at and would benefit from an Alpha course. Number nine. Um, we're going to upgrade our website. We've had our current one a while. It's done all right, but we wanna, I want to upgrade its functionality and bring us kind of, it's looking a little bit out of date um, I want to do that. So I've got a web designer working on that. I will give you screenshots and all the other stuff when we've got information. We'll hopefully upgrade its functionality, upgrade the information on there. We're in an internet age. 
um, completely now. So we need to be, have a good online presence and have good communication through that and all our information there for people to find out. So I am doing that um, as, as we speak and I'll let you know the stuff's going on there, but hopefully that will be up and running um, within the next six months or so. So we want to upgrade our website um, and bring us up to date a little bit more. So that was number nine. Number ten. Number ten. That's a toilet. Now, let me just work you through this one. Anyone use a toilet too at the youth centre? Yeah. <laughs> no one's like, yes! They're awesome! No, they're not. Um, I can only apologise for them. Um, they're pretty manky. And here's the reality. They're not very nice. And when it comes to people coming amongst us as a church, there are lots of things people can be turned on about and turned off about. And I like to reduce the number of things they can be turned off about. And one of them is our facilities. And the, the, the toilets out there aren't very pretty. Um, and I'm aware this is a council-run youth centre and they have a limited budget and their budget is being cut all the time. Last thing I heard them, I think they was, it was almost like cut by 40% this year. That's a whacking great amount of money out of their budget that they're trying to run and serve the young people of this town. Um, and I'd love us to a church uh, as to basically start thinking and praying and, and talking with the, the guys who run this place, saying, what can we do to bless you and help you in t- doing some good with those toilets? What I'd love in my mind is to be able to say, put some money in front of them and say, we will pay to have them completely renovated. Rip out what's there put in something decent, which will serve us briefly kind of one morning a week, but it will serve the young people of this town all day, every day, throughout the year and beyond us. And that's what Mike High is. That's what I'd love to do. Thinking about that verse in Jeremiah, it says, be good, seek the welfare of the city. Okay, and we're a small group right now. There isn't many of us. Our influence is limited. But actually, there's tangible ways we can serve people and I'd love to start a conversation and I'd appreciate your prayers on this as I approach them and start talking, what does this mean, how can we do this, how can we kind of work this out, get something down in writing that we can serve and bless you, but actually we, in the same way, we'll also reap the benefits ourselves for a period of time. So I'd appreciate your prayers on that, but that's something that we've talked about kind of as leaders and we've batted around and thought, what about this, what about that? Um, but I'd love to be able to do it. I'd love to be able to say to them, do you know what, we're going to put some money together. We've got some here as a church and we'd love to bless you and do something about them. I'm praying that they pull our arm off because I'm not quite sure how people would say, no, we don't want you to do something good with our toilets. We love the way they are. And, you know, they're so manky, it's almost homely. Do you know what I mean? I'm like, no. So that's what, that's what I'd love to do. But we're kind of early days... Um, and it will serve us as a church, but I think it will be an absolute blessing and it hopefully speak volumes about the love of Christ to the people here and what we do. So that's kind of my heart. That's where I'd love to go. That's my kind of flyer one out of these. So we'll see what happens with that, but I'd appreciate uh, your prayer on that one. Number 11, almost there, uh, serve the poor. What we're going to do is we um, are going to find a food bank in uh, the local area and we're going to serve it. Um, I don't know if you're aware, uh, Sutton's quite a nice affluent area, but it's not all that it appears to be. There are, um, there are food bank scenarios serving people who literally struggle to buy their groceries uh, week on week. 
and um, we want to get involved in one of them, get behind one of them, and basically say, we're going to bless you, we're going we're to provide on a steady stream food to help you, to help those who are in need. I believe it's a very important part of what the church should be doing, serving uh, the poor, serving the needy, um, and one of those kind of needs is a, is a financial need. And so we're going to get involved in that. Once we've got that kind of set up, we'll let you know and we'll be asking for um, sort of donations, put a couple of th- things in your weekly, monthly shop that then could be passed on that would serve others. Um, and I'm, I'm sure food banks will be able to provide us with exactly what they want to help them. But I'd love us as a church to get behind that and it'd be an outward expression of us serving those who are in need and serving the poor and uh, fulfilling our kind of our biblical mandate in there. So I'd like to do um, that one. Last one. Last one. Uh, we want to multiply some of our life groups. We want to multiply. We've, got, we've had three life groups going well. John and George have done a fantastic job overseeing them um, and working them and loving them and carrying them. But as people come into the church, uh, we want to multiply them, which means we'll be looking for leaders uh, to, do, to lead those groups and homes for those to be run in. Uh, we're also thinking that actually we've got people tra- starting to travel to us from towns outside of Sutton Coalfield, Litchfield, Tamworth. We're thinking, is God, is God asking us to start a life group maybe in one of those areas? There are people who we could gather from there. Is this the beginning of something more? Let's not run ahead of ourselves, but who knows what God's doing. We want to multiply our life groups. It gives us more opportunity to be able to connect with one another. This is a great sort of gathering we have on a Sunday, but it is, um, can be informal. Uh, sorry, it can be uh, kind of impersonal, and you don't really kind of get to know each other. We need our life groups functioning so people can have a more intimate environment to actually be known and get to know people. And actually, we always run them in the homes. We always start with food. Uh, so people can actually sit around and talk to each other and get to know each other. We, pr- uh, we talk together. We pray together. That's kind of our, our standard, how we work our life groups. Eat, talk, pray. And we want to do that, but we want to multiply them. And we're just looking around for opportunities. Where has God called us to? So there were 12 steps there. 12 things I'd love us to look towards and pray towards and, and work towards this year. And my heart, hopefully, if we achieve those we will be pushing toward God, what God has called us to, to be this large, influential, reproducing church. If we work at those and we're faithful in them, um, God will continue to work out his plans and purposes for us. And I know that when you have 12 like that, some of them will float your boat more than others. That's the nature of people, but that's okay. Hopefully there's something in any of those you can get excited about. And we're going to start praying into that, some of those things. Our first prayer meeting is on the 15th, 15th of January where we're at the engine room is going to be ticking over. So come, we're ready to pray. We'll start talking. We'll start praying about some of those things. As the year goes on, I'll keep telling you, some of it will be obvious. You'll see it happening. But we'll be moving into some of those things. Things will be working out. Things will be moving forward. And uh, we'll see um, what God's, God's going to do with us. I'm excited about 2014. Are you excited about 2014? That's good. There was a few of you responding there. Sometimes when you ask the congregation this, they just go, hmm, you know, you're thinking. But there was a few yeses there. So underneath, I know you're all really excited uh, with, that, with that response. That was so English, hmm, yes. Um, so we're going to worship now. We're going to praise Jesus. I'd love us in our worship time to be, be reflecting back in our minds in 2013 all the things God's done. Let's be praising God, thanking God for things he's done in your life, things he's done in the church. 
Um, it would be a wonderful experience, but also be looking ahead at all the great things God has planned for us. It's going to be a good year. God is going to do some amazing things. So when I get to do this next year, it's going to be, wow, oh, wow, look at all the things God has done. Amen? Amen. Stand yourselves up. Matt, you want to come get ready? Oh, I forgot about one thing. Sorry. I forgot one thing. It's sitting right there. <laughs> last, um, last, uh, the last Sunday of the year, 23rd of December, 22nd of December, whenever we met that last Sunday, we took up a Christmas offering. It's the first time we've done that uh, to raise money for the same local charity we did the fun one for, Homestart, uh, who serve young families, uh, people who are finding it difficult, and just help parents kind of cope with uh, the, uh, the, sort of the, the difficulties of life. Wendy here volunteers for them. And we took an offering and basically said, if you feel like you'd like to give, do that. We raised £500 on the morning, which doesn't include the gift aid, so that number will go up. Um, but I also sent out an email just saying, we're just giving another opportunity. If you would like to give and you missed that and you're here today and you think, I missed that opportunity, um, you're welcome to give. What we did was we had <laughs> our, handy, our handy offering bucket here. There are, there are envelopes in it if you want to put money in your envelopes. Because if, if you want to give by cash and you're a gift aider here, just stick your name on it, then we can claim the gift aid. But if you would like and you miss that opportunity, I'm just going to leave it there. We're not going to have an official come and put your money in the offering. But if you would like to uh, make the opportunity because you were away that last Sunday, feel free to do that during our worship time. Um, I'm absolutely thrilled with the amount we've raised already. Thank you so much to all who give. If you're completely like, oh, I forgot, but I'd like to give, stick us an IOU in. That's fine, we'll hunt you down later, don't worry. Um, and we'll get the money off you. So, um, text Bible to Real Life Church. Um, we'll, just, we'll make it a nice big bump and then we'll give it up. Bless Home Start with it. They don't know it's coming, so it's going to be great to just give them a whole bunch of money and say, make use of this and do good um, with all the work you're doing. So, I'm sorry I forgot to say that. But I'll say that now. But let me just pray and then we're going to worship Jesus. Lord God, I want to thank you for 2013. Lord God, I want to thank you for all the amazing things you did. Lord, I want to thank you for the obvious kind of good, exciting times, Lord, but I want to thank you also that even in the tough and difficult times, you were present, you were working, you were, you were fulfilling your purposes through us. Lord God, we are so grateful, we are so thankful as a people, and as we look forward to 2014, Lord, I want to say I'm excited about what you can do. Lord God, I am expectant what you can do, Lord. I even kind of think that no matter what I think, I'm sure you can exceed that, Lord God, because you are a wonderful, good, gracious and powerful God, Lord. And as we begin this new year, Lord, I ask you, strengthen us by your Spirit, that we'll be, we'll be men and women who keep our eyes on you, who are full of the Spirit daily, who, who seek to love you, serve you, um, all the days of our lives, make an impact in where we walk, in our homes, in our workplaces, in our, our, our social groups, Lord Jesus. Use us as a church this year to be uh, all that you've called us to, Lord God. And God's people said, Amen. Amen. Amen.